Hey everybody, welcome to Therapy for Humans, the podcast where if you're not careful, you might just pick up some tips on how to survive as a more or less psychologically intact human in the modern world. My name is Rowan, and I'll be your host. Hey everybody, welcome back. Episode 16 of Therapy for Humans. I got a little rant. Get ready. I feel like I need to defend the profession of psychology for a minute, or I don't know. Maybe that's not what I'm doing. I don't know. Anyway, here's the thing. Here's what happened. A couple weeks ago, I'm in the kitchen. I'm making food like I do, and I have the radio on, and I'm listening to a show on NPR called Splendid Table. It's about cooking. For the most part, I'm not a huge fan of the show, but it what was on, it was, it was what was on, and sometimes I pick up decent tips from it. So anyway... They had a psychologist on there this week. I think she maybe wrote a book. I don't know why the fuck she was on there. But she said something that absolutely sent me into orbit. She was talking about a study that was done on the shopping habits of people who bring their own grocery bags versus people who opt for the paper or plastic options available at the store. So shockingly, they found out that the people who brought their own bags purchase more organic produce than those who use the in-store bags. And she did kind of called this out as pretty commonsensical. This is not what I was upset about. Those folks bringing their own bags are more environmentally conscious and would therefore, it's assumed, um, would just have more awareness around health risks of commercial versus organic food or whatever. So that's fine. But then she said that those folks who bring their own bags also are more likely to purchase treats for themselves, things that are not necessary or crucial. And she explained this behavior by saying that those people knew that they were doing something good for the environment by bringing their own bags, so they felt justified in rewarding themselves for that in some way. Okay, so let me pause here to just point out maybe the difference between a master's in counseling or psychology versus a master's in social work. And I'll preface this by saying that some of my favorite people in the world have degrees in psychology or counseling, so I'm not trashing on that. But the main difference between the two is that in social work, which is what my degree is in, takes into account a person's environment, the whole package. Psychology, counseling, they tend to focus less on that. It's definitely in the mix. It's not totally absent, but it's usually not such a strong focus. So while she was going on about the psychology of rewarding ourselves for good deeds, which may not be utter bullshit, she ignored the most obvious reasoning for this behavior, which is that the people who bring their own bags tend to be wealthier. Therefore, they can afford more treats. How this got mixed, missed and not even touched on in the story is completely beyond me and comes from such a ridiculously privileged place that I can't even begin to give a shit about anything else this woman had to say. And I'll be honest, I think like in the state of the country right now, I don't feel like there's any room for us to be missing things like this for too long, actually forever. Those who speak speak to the state of our country, those who ruminate on why we do this or that as a culture have been coming at it from such a place of privilege and entitlement that they can't even conceptualize what they're missing. And what they're missing is the vast majority of the picture. It's like asking a fish, how's the water? And the fish says, what's water? We need to call this shit out. We need to be able to have conversations again in this country. We need to stop bashing one another. Okay, kind of like I just did with that woman with grocery bags, but you know. But we need to start asking new questions, all the questions, the obvious ones, the difficult ones, and we need to leave room for the things that we don't see that might be just the most important things of all. Okay. All right. Let's move on. That was my little rant. It makes me crazy. Um, okay. So, you know, every new client that comes in, 
uh, is sort of a special experience. They take a massive leap of faith when they come in. They're walking in and trusting me with their story. And they may not drop it all on me at once. They may kind of test me to see how I react before I get the whole story, which is fine with me. The bottom line is that we're entering into an intense relationship. And that's the thing I love about this work. You know that feeling you get when you're just sort of, you connect with somebody on a really deep and vulnerable level. And sometimes this comes out of the blue. Sometimes it happens over drinks or sometimes it happens as a result of something intense happening to, to one or both of you. And even more so if it's a shared experience. I get to have that every day. I fucking love my job. And I love being able to just be authentic and real with people like, and that's my job. Anyway, I often have clients come to see me after they've seen other therapists for one reason or another. They Maybe they moved away from them or maybe the work was a long time ago and they're ready to kind of jump back in. Or sometimes it's because they didn't feel like they had a good fit with that therapist um, or they knew that something was lacking. Um, sometimes a client will even outgrow a therapist. And that doesn't mean that that therapist is bad at their job necessarily. It just means that that relationship wasn't doing the thing that it needed to do. Um, and a side note, I guess here. So when I was doing my internship up at the, up at Fort Lewis, uh, college in the counseling center, all of us bright eyed and bushy tailed, eager new therapists in training were told you can't take a client anywhere that you haven't been. You can't guide them in a place where you haven't done your own work. And I feel like truer words were never spoken. And it's an intense statement. I actually had a friend over uh, for dinner this weekend who was in that internship with me, and she reminded me of of that uh, statement. And what it meant is that we were all expected to dig into our own shit as much as possible, to leave no stone unturned. And of course, we all have blind spots, but I do believe that it is my responsibility as a therapist to keep pushing my edges to make sure that I'm clear on where my work is to do so that when I sit with my clients, I know that their, <clears throat> their stuff is not going to tip me over and that I won't make it my stuff. So to get back to the story, I had a new client come in the other day and he had been to through, you know, a couple of other therapists. And one of the things he specifically asked for from me was accountability he felt that some of his other therapists had maybe been too easy on him uh, and he needed someone to be more just in it with him and to really kind of hold him accountable to what he was saying he needed. And I love that he asked for this. And it got me thinking about all the different ways we hold each other accountable and the way maybe that we sometimes drop the ball on that. So what are people really asking for when they talk about accountability? On the surface, they're asking us to hold them to the goals they set. They may be struggling with a behavior of some sort that they know they can let themselves slide on and they don't want to slide anymore. And so they want to be called out if they fuck up. But on a deeper level, I think what they're really asking for is to be fully seen and for us to care enough about them to have difficult conversations with them when we see them blowing off whatever it is that they're working on. Most of the time, we don't do this, even with people we're like quite close to. We tell ourselves, well, it's their life, or it's none of my business, or they have to figure this out on their own. And these are all the things that we say to ourselves and sometimes to other, others around that person to avoid having to speak to them directly about it. And you know, if that person is struggling with something that they're not proud of, our distance around that can often lead to them feeling like they don't matter, like we don't care enough about them to help. Now, unsolicited feedback can often go over as well as 
unsolicited dick pics. So I'm not recommending that you start laying into all your friends and family about all the shit that annoys you about them or all the stuff you feel like they should be working on. What I am saying is if you have someone in your life who talks to you about a struggle and they seem frustrated that they can't succeed around it, it's okay to ask them if they want some help around it. Would it be beneficial for them to be held more accountable in some way, and how would they like that to be to play out? Once you set some ground rules, calling them out when they don't follow through becomes much easier and less scary for the person doing the calling out, and the person being called out tends to be less defensive. So get specific information from them about how they want you to do that, and what to do if they do get defensive. Sometimes we all need a little help, and learning how to ask for that and how to offer it can make a huge difference. Okay, so a super short podcast this week. Um, I'm maybe going to be changing the format a little bit here because right now a lot of the format relies on all of you to bring me content, and I haven't been getting any content. So um, I'm going to not take that as a sign that I suck at my podcast and that nobody wants to hear me because people are still listening. I can, I see when you listen, I know that you're out there. Um, and I think that people are just uncomfortable bringing me some of their stuff. So I'm going to just start throwing shit at you and I do, uh, want your feedback and I would love to hear from you. And if you do have something you want to get on the show, please email me at Rowan at therapy for humans, podcast.com or give me a call at one eight four four. Durango. That's 1-844-387-2646. And if you'd like to see me for therapy live and in person, you can get in touch with me through DurangoPsychotherapy.com or you can call or text me at 903-3893. So I'll be back at you in a couple of weeks. And until then, take care of yourself and take care of each other. <laughs>